0: Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, we call this podcast, Are You a Fan of the Dark? Hello and welcome back to Are You a Fan of the Dark? I'm Dale.
1: And I'm Jody.
0: In this week's episode, we are doing The Tale of the Prom Queen. (laughs) No, it's more like (laughs) shadoop (laughs) shadoop. This isn't a very scary episode and I remember it super well because it's one of my favorites
1: i remember that there's a lot of letterman focus and some very nice outfits in here i think there's something about a car a gravesite letterman jacket and a white dress that's about all i got
0: well you know it's tale of the prom queen um from what i do recall you know it's based on an urban legend this is one of Kristen's stories because she loves the super sweet kind of romantic nostalgic sort of stories whimsical i do remember it i At least I think it's this one that has the uh, underwater car. Like there's a car that chases some kids in a boat and it's in the river. It's very weird. It's based on an urban legend where these kids, um, they're like, if you go to the graveyard on prom night, you'll see the ghost of the prom queen because she was waiting for her boyfriend to pick her up and he never showed up. And she died somehow. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs)
1: Spoiler, we may be mixing this with an episode of Supernatural, but either way... I've never seen Supernatural, so I couldn't tell you.
0: (laughs) There's Um. one like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is one of my favorites because I love the 50s retro ones. They're super duper cute and super sweet. I do remember that the word keen comes into play quite a few times.
1: Because that's what you do when you're going into anything that's not our current time frame.
0: Yeah you know weird 50s slime. 1950s
1: and 1920s. Use keen and super. It's amazing.
0: Anyway so. Swell. (laughs) Swell. (laughs) We will soon be watching that episode but first let's go to our retro sponsor.
1: this for form and skill. A perfect swan dive. What graceful action. Now let's call him back. Say, young man, where do you get all that energy? From kicks. Every
2: morning I eat a good breakfast with a bowl of kicks. Kicks is real food for action. Kicks tastes well too. Got a keen corn flavor I like. Gives me lots of energy because kicks is real energy food. 83% energy. Later, when I go swimming, Kix Energy stays with me. Helps me have fun all morning long.
1: Right, everyone loves Kix Keen Corn Flavor. Crispy corn puffs that stay crisp in milk. So remember, for lots of pep and energy, eat Kix, food for action. Hey, I was reading it. Reading what? The ingredients. Okay, what are they? Crunchy little corn balls. No colors. No flavors. No junky stuff. You didn't read that. Yes, I did. Now Kix
2: has something else for kids to read. Golden books. Get one free with a proof of purchase from Kix.
1: Okay, then what does this say? No preservatives.
0: Kix. Kid (laughs) tested. Mother approved. This week's retro sponsor is Kix. Kid tested. Mother approved.
1: No, no, that's parent
0: approved now. Yeah, apparently they changed their slogan, which I think is pretty cool. I'm okay with the update. It's yeah, pretty nice. It's very inclusive. So, um, I didn't eat kicks a lot as a kid. Ever? No, because <laughs> it's one of those, you know, name brand, sometimes expensive cereals.
1: It's also plain corn puffs.
0: Crunchy little crunchy corn little, balls. <laughs> crunchy little corn balls. <laughs> to get ourselves prepared for this, we watched a few commercials, including this super retro 1950s one. That is just, I mean, it, it's called Kids on the Move Newsreel or something. Yeah. Uh, Jody was just astonished by it, and I was not because, you know, I watch old TV shows that are very similar to that, like, you know, Twilight Zone. So.
1: <laughs> it was just really fun to see both Keen and Swell used effectively and at all.
0: Yeah you can tell there's still like a very 1940s vibe to it but it's still obviously in the 1950s you know the whitest kid in the world with the most perfect pearl teeth just smiling at the camera talking about how kicks give some energy
1: (laughs) right in the very documentary type of fashion yeah yes i use it regularly it is fantastic it does (laughs) this for me and this
0: yeah so i chose that commercial because you know this is a 1950s episode But there were a couple of other commercials from the 1990s that Jody and I both remembered very dearly. The one that really flashed back memories for me was the the Christmas commercial, which I'm not playing here. It will be available in the show notes. But it's just the facial expressions of the children in that one that really bring back a lot of memories for me.
1: Yeah, the disdain on the sister's face. Joey, (laughs) stop eating that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, but the one that we decided to put in the episode was the crunchy little corn balls one, because it is so cute.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the kids are adorable. They're they're so easy to just, and so fun to actually watch.
0: (laughs) They are so sweet, and then that little boy's laugh at the end is just so memorable. So yeah, we have our bowls of kicks right here in front of us, and they are indeed crunchy little corn balls. Although they might be a little bit soggy because they've been sitting in milk for a bit.
1: (laughs) So so, say, I never ate plain cereal when I was a young kid, so bran flakes, anything like this was really unusual for me.
0: I was a weird child. I liked shredded wheat. Not frosted shredded wheat, just shredded wheat.
1: (laughs) You liked healthy things. Something was wrong with you. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I also liked raisin bran and just plain corn flakes.
1: (laughs) So. still don't like plain corn flakes, but I do like raisin bran. This
0: would have been right up my alley, so let's try these crunchy little corn balls.
1: Now, admittedly, we also have not eaten breakfast because we were looking forward to this, <laughs> so our opinion may be a little biased.
0: Yeah, um, I think it's pretty good. It's not crazy sweet. It's got a pretty good texture. And the insides stay crunchy.
1: This reminds me exactly of Cocoa Puffs.
0: <laughs> a little bit, just without the cocoa.
1: <laughs> Which you couldn't taste much anyway. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: It's just the after flavor was more awkward in Cocoa Puffs mm-hmm. <laughs> because I had the cocoa powder. So obviously they also were using country little corn balls.
0: Yeah, um, I yeah, this
1: is better, guys. Seriously.
0: I can totally see why kids... Like in all the commercials, they show the kids just eating them as a dry snack. And I can totally see why. It's very good even without the milk. <laughs> or in our case, almond milk. I don't have a lot of nostalgia for this cereal just because I didn't eat it a lot. So it, I... I give it a pretty solid good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nice to try something old new in
0: this <laughs> guy's room. We're going to sit here and eat our cereal and watch our episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? So prepare yourselves for the tale of the prom queen.
1: And we're back.
0: We just finished watching the tale of the prom queen. This episode is episode 12 of season one, and the original air date was November 7th, 1992, written by Chloe Brown and directed by Jean-Marie Camel. I think I said that right. So this is definitely one of my favorite episodes. I remembered it super clearly.
1: I clearly did not remember this episode at all. I was thinking of a different episode entirely.
0: Yeah, he was conflating it with the uh, Johnny Angel episode, which is quite a ways off, but we'll get there. Anyway, so the opening of this episode, it starts with this, you know, creepy lady in an all-white gown with a big puffy veil over her face walking through the woods. Mm. And the rest of the Midnight Society is bored and waiting around for Kristen to show up because dang it, she's always late.
1: (laughs) (laughs) As they let you know in graphic detail. It's the makeup. It's always the makeup.
0: And as they start talking about how they're going to berate her for her lateness, all of a sudden this, you know, gowned figure walks up and all the kids get really scared.
1: Huddling into the background. Please, poor spirit, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah.
0: And of course, you know, she walks forward and she just says, I've come to tell you a story. Whoa. Who are you? I've come to tell you a story. Oh, it's
1: oh, Oh, the kids are like, oh God, okay, whatever, Kristen. It was this stupid
0: <laughs> falsetto voice, and they're like, oh, okay, yeah. And the kids actually like walk up to her, and I think it's Betty Ann tries to give her a high five, and Kristen is having none of it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so they kind of get it for the most part and go sit down, except for Eric who's sitting there tugging on her sleeve.
0: It's her veil, he's like tugging. It's rude. Rude. So (laughs) so rude. As a cosplayer, I am very offended by this.
1: (laughs) But she's trying to tell them the story. Sit down, you idiot. It's (laughs) for effect.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Kristen asks for some help with the midnight dust. They throw it in the fire and poof, our story actually begins. We get these beautiful shots of a gorgeous cemetery. And of course, Christian's like, she stood over the grave as if holding a prayer or something dumb.
1: (laughs) She's dropping some flowers onto a grave. Unmarked, unknown.
0: Yeah, some girl that we don't know yet. Some
1: random girl.
0: And uh, they show several scenes of her just walking through the cemetery, looking at graves and She walks around a particular mausoleum, and all of a sudden, some jackass jumps out and scares her.
1: (laughs) Well, and to work up for this, she's hearing creepy laughs and (laughs) strange noises and flights of birds.
0: (laughs) And this is the middle of the day. Like, it's not like it's the middle of the night or anything. So, yeah, she should be kind of cautious and weary.
1: Odd, too, that the cemetery is basically empty.
0: Mm, maybe. I mean, it's the middle of the day. Like, I don't know. It's a weird scene. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, she walks around the side of this mausoleum and this jackass jumps out and scares her. And then this other guy comes up behind her and he's like, Whoa, 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 don't get too scared. We're not here to hurt you.
1: <laughs> wow, when you describe it like that, it sounds really bad.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, they introduce themselves as Jam, the... Very overacting, very over the top guy, and Greg, the puppy dog that follows Jam around.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I like to call him Jam the Ham because he is so dramatic.
1: He is, and he, he's kind of a douche um, the entire time. But I actually kind of like Jam just because he's very deliberately playing his role <laughs> mm-hmm. as an overactor, and it's not, he's an ass, but you know it's going to happen. Yeah.
0: He likes to take on a Vincent Price voice, and you know, yeah, yeah he's kind of a dork.
1: It's just a guy you look over and be like, shut up, Jam, on.
0: Jam. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's not going to take it for, you
1: know, he's like, okay, I deserve that. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah. So she she kind of starts taking it, you know, good naturedly. And the boys are talking to her and telling them that, you know, they're in the graveyard because they're looking for something specific.
1: They're looking for ghosts.
0: Yes, ghosts.
1: And maybe she is too, and that's why she's alone, wandering through. Oh, so we also find out the girl's name is Didi, Um, And she's more than happy to go with them to go ghost hunting after they tell her the story of the prom ghost.
0: <laughs> the, the prom queen. <laughs>
1: she's a queen,
0: yep. So the way that they tell it, like, the boys are being... Well, not the boys, it just J.M. is being super creepy about it. And he's like... You haven't heard the tale of the prom queen? hmm <laughs> And they're like, well, don't you live around here? And she's like,
1: I did once, but I'm visiting now.
0: <laughs> so tell me the story. And Greg actually starts trying to tell it. And Jam's like, no, no, I tell it best. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shut up, puppy dog.
2: Forget Halloween, my dear. Saturday night's prom night. The night of the prom queen. Prom queen? You don't know the story of the prom queen? Uh, no. Don't you live around here? I used to. Uh, I'm just visiting. Oh, well, it's an old story. They say that... Oh, let me tell it. I tell it best. It happened a long time ago. On prom night. A girl was waiting here by the gates for a date to pick her up. She was all set to go. Wearing a prom dress and everything. But it was a foggy night. Thule fog. The kind where you can't see cars coming till it's too late. So there she was, waiting in the fog when a car came ripping around the corner. Some say that the driver was bombed because he took the turn too wide. He bounced over the curb. And he hit her. It's back! And the slime just drove off. Didn't even realize what he'd done. They found her the next morning. And a couple of days later, they buried her in her prom dress. That's awful. That's not the best part. It gets better. Oh, yeah every year on prom night the ghost of the girl comes back people have seen her by the gates still waiting for the ride that never comes and we're gonna see if it's true
0: really so he tells his version of the the story of the prom queen and it's you know that typical urban legend where on prom night this girl's all dressed up and she's waiting outside the cemetery gates for her boyfriend to pick her up.
1: Because that's where you do.
0: But it's a foggy night, and before she can get picked up, this driver comes out of the fog, doesn't see her, runs over her and kills her.
1: And drives off.
0: And ever since then, every prom night, her ghost will show up at the cemetery gates waiting for her boyfriend to pick her up. And that's exactly what Jam and Greg are looking for. They want to see if this urban legend is true.
1: And also how ugly and horrifying the ghost
0: is. (laughs) Yes. They're specifically trying to find the prom queen's grave, but one, they don't know her name, so of course they don't know where they can find it. So they're like, hey, you want to come hunting with us? And Dee Dee's like, sure, why not?
1: (laughs) I do like that they, again, Jam, I like more than he shows off because he is so over the top, but he's also very attentive to what's happening. So Jam gets Dee Dee to kind of join in by going like, Greg thinks you're a massive babe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And she doesn't really give a crap. But then we cut to the next scene where obviously the teens haven't had any luck finding the prom queen's grave. And they're sitting eating milkshakes or something.
1: It's 50s. They're having milkshakes.
0: It's not the 50s. It's the 90s.
1: It's paying attention to the 50s. They're having milkshakes. (laughs)
0: But they're sitting there discussing, like, okay, well, we couldn't find the grave. Uh, And Greg's like, well, maybe we should see if this actually happened. And Dee Dee's like, well, maybe we could go to the police. There ought to be a police report, right, if there was this accident.
1: And they come across the bright idea that the newspapers should have it. Yeah. And then they decide to go to the library where all of the old records should be stored.
0: So they're in this really dark room in the library in the next scene. And they are looking through microfilms which for uh, younger audiences who don't know what microfilms are <laughs> or microfiche.
1: You should actually state, too, there's a couple of little things shown off in here that come from Dee, where she's not hungry when they go out for food, and she's never seen the microfiche yeah. either
0: yeah.
1: Uh, when they get to the library, and she's really excited by all of this.
0: <laughs> yeah, so what the microfilms are, literally microfilms that were pages of newspapers that were scanned and then you put them in this like projector machine and you use these weird knobs to go back and forth and look at the blown up images of the original newspapers.
1: Because storing the original newspapers takes way too much.
0: Yeah. They start going through papers through, through the 50s and they finally land on one from 1956 and they look at the article and it is on prom night mm-hmm. and it says this girl was killed on accident.
1: Judy Larson killed. 1956, like August 7th.
0: But in also reading the article, they discover something else. The boyfriend of Judy is Ricky. Ricky. And Ricky had never got the message that he was supposed to pick up Judy at the graveyard. And apparently when he found out that Judy had been killed, he drove his car off the bridge and committed suicide.
1: The newspaper report says it's an accident, but I have the same take. Dale does on this one, that <laughs> presumably he's possibly drunk or extremely emotionally distraught driving around and just, yeah, swerves bad, goes right off the bridge, oopsie-daisy, down into the river.
0: And his car was supposedly never found and neither was his body.
1: They don't know how to drag a river over there. They're not that up-to-date. I
0: guess. I guess. <laughs> But while they're discovering all these spooky facts, the door to the room they're in starts slowly opening, and you see this shadow creeping along the bookshelves behind them. And suddenly the kids start hearing this clicking, and they're like, wait a minute, what's that?
1: The lights turn on for the best librarian in the world, with yep. a older lady with a full tea set. Kids, would you like some tea?
0: <laughs> and <laughs> Greg is just like, <clears throat> <sighs>
1: like some tea.
2: Good comeback. No. And you were scared to death. Oh, like you weren't? Yeah, I was cool.
1: Yeah, sure.
2: If you guys get so scared over an old lady, what's going to happen
1: when we see the ghost? Hey, but seriously. What a cool library (laughs) that they give you tea.
0: (laughs) So the next scene, of course, is everybody making fun of Greg for his reaction to the librarian because it was so cool. Which leads into Jam being all like, well, if you guys are so scared by the librarian, how are you going to react when we see the ghost? (laughs) And Greg is kind of getting a little fed up with all this because he's like, okay, you guys don't really believe in all this crap, do you? Like. I think we're taking it too far.
1: And I actually think the way they're trying to portray is Greg's getting scared because they're finding more out. And he doesn't want to deal with it. So he's like, there can't be ghosts. There's no such thing as ghosts. You're all being silly. They decide that the only way to continue is to have a seance. They need to contact Ricky to get him over here.
0: So Dee Dee is kind of moved by the story. She's like, well, Judy never got picked up. So... Maybe if Ricky picks her up, maybe she'll stop haunting the graveyard.
1: Yeah. So we should talk to Ricky. Yeah. And uh, I've got a way to do it. And they, Jam says, "Well, of course, we'll we'll have a séance. We'll meet at my house. My parents won't be there." And Judy says, "No, I have a better idea. Let's meet back here tonight. We'll figure it out from there."
0: <laughs> and Jam is all for it. He's like, "Yeah, this is great." And he just walks off. And Greg stands back and he's like, he sits down with, "Okay, really." Do you really believe in all of this? I don't really
2: believe all this stuff, do
0: you? I don't know.
2: It's kind of fun, though. What do you say? I say that you're kind of a strange person, but I like that. King!
0: King? Greg is very confused by the usage of the word king. So then we cut to. The next scene, we see the kids standing on the shores of the river looking up at the bridge.
1: And they talk a little bit more about, well, they're going to have to go down there. Greg whines that there's no such thing as ghosts. We don't need to do this, right? Right?
0: And Jam's like, well, let's go to the marina. Let's get a boat. (laughs) And they do. They get in the boat and they go into the river and they're under the bridge. And Dee Dee's like, okay, let's all sit together and hold hands and we'll try and call Ricky.
1: Yeah, and earlier in the episode, Jam was very much leading the charge. Dee Dee has completely taken over at this point. She is like, nope, this is how we're doing it. This is what's going to happen. Everybody hold hands. Everybody start thinking about Ricky. And I'm going to tell you a story about how he died.
0: Yeah, she's very into this. And she kind of does a sort of guided meditation (laughs) in a weird way.
1: Yeah, and I love Jams, like, you're really good at this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, you know, imagine Ricky, imagine the car, imagine him driving too fast on the bridge, and now imagine him in the water, and he's been down there forever, and it's actually really horrifying imagery, if you think about it.
1: (laughs) Uh As it should be. Yeah. As this is going on, there starts to be bubbles and strange effects going on, and the two boys start freaking. Yeah. What's going on? What is that noise? And... Dee Dee keeps telling them, concentrate, shut up, concentrate. Yeah. But they can't. Sh- they can't. Yeah. And it comes to a head when giant.
0: Just, it's oh. almost like a geyser of bubbles. Just yeah. Just shows up.
1: Right behind their boat. And
0: <laughs> they're like, fuck this. And they decide they pull up anchor and uh, the motor on the boat won't start. So they're like, shit, we need to get away.
1: So everybody throws the oars to Greg and yeah. sits on the other side and says, go to work, man.
0: Yeah, so Greg is rowing for his life, and the other two are like, or at least Jam is like, go faster, go faster. And as they're rowing closer to shore, the bubbles are following them, and it's kind of freaky. Yeah,
1: well, they're definitely freaked out. Once they hit the, once they beach the boat, they all jump off and collapse onto the ground and watch the trail of bubbles as it gets closer and closer and closer to the shore.
0: And then it disappears.
1: Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was anticlimactic. A little bit.
0: Greg is coughing from the exertion of rowing so hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> By himself. Yep.
0: And they're like, okay, what the hell was that? What did we just see? And Greg is just saying, no, that can't have happened. Like, it, it, it must have been like a water main or...
1: Busted or gas line that a- followed our boat.
0: <laughs> anything else. Because ghosts don't exist. And Didi's Dee just looking at him like, yeah, okay. What if it was a ghost.
1: (laughs) It couldn't be.
0: (laughs) And Jam's like, well, I guess we can always find out. We just go to the cemetery tomorrow and see if it worked. Yeah. Because tomorrow night is prom night. So then we uh, cut back to the Midnight Society at the campfire. And Kristen very dramatically takes off her wrist corsage and throws it into the fire.
1: And everybody looks at her and what she did and ignores it. And goes, wow, those boys and girls were really brave. And stupid,
0: <laughs> very stupid. <laughs> and then Kristen says they went to the cemetery records and found out where Judy's grave was.
1: Right. Now they knew the name; they could find the grave.
0: Right. And then we cut back to the kids, or the uh, the teens, I should say, um, and they are standing before Judy's grave in the graveyard.
1: That prominently says Judy Larson, nineteen thirty-six to sorry, nineteen thirty-nine to nineteen fifty-six. <laughs> 17 years.
0: <laughs> she was very young. It's very tragic. Um, So they're like, all right, so let's find a good place to watch. Let's get a little bit closer to the road to the cemetery gates to see if a car comes and we can still keep an eye on the grave over here.
1: Yeah, there's a convenient hill that allows them to see both things, <laughs> which tells me the grave is also inside of the road, which that's just asinine.
0: Greg, still not convinced, goes up to Didi and he's like, you're... Still, just doing this for a goof, right? Right? Didi Dee Dee just kind of shrugs it off.
1: To be fair, with Jam around, goofs are common. So <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: he's well. Th- Well set to be a little skeptic.
0: Yeah, then we see the three teens sitting and waiting and watching. And they're starting to get cold. You can actually see their breath.
1: Greg's like, it's getting cold. We don't need to be here. I feel stupid. Does anyone else feel stupid? This is a problem. We shouldn't be here.
0: When is this going to happen? And Jam's like, it's midnight. It's always midnight. So we got to wait around till then. And while they're doing this kind of back and forth bantering, they start hearing these wind chimes. They're kind of surprised because they're like, why are there wind chimes? And Greg's like, well, they could be on a grave. They could be in a tree nearby. It could be anything. But in the background, you start seeing this white figure moving and then the kids (laughs) all turn around at the same time and they all see this kind of ethereal figure and the chimes are coming from that.
1: Right. It's this robed in white figure with some greenish glow around the the hood of their face and uh, literally just carrying a set of wind chimes. Yeah, (laughs)
0: super weird. (laughs) Um. Walking,
1: walking carefully down the trail of the in between the graves. I mean, if
0: you're gonna do a ghost, at least do chains or something. That's that's a thing. Not I am the wind chime ghost.
1: <laughs> so, so Greg, not buying this, runs over and slaps his hand onto the ghost's uh, air quotations uh, shoulder,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which the ghost turns around and goes, boop. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And uh, said ghost is, in fact, not a ghost. It is a real kid. And Greg gets really mad about it. He's like, who the hell are you? Like, what are you doing here?
1: Oh, and actually it's (laughs) Jam's cousin. And Jam made him do it. Yeah, the
0: kid's like, I don't know, Jam just made me do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and he's just wearing some really interesting looking white robe, basically. And he's got a headband on with two green, like, little flashlights.
0: Yeah, he's got a flashlight on the wind chime he's carrying. And Jam runs up. He's like, it's my cousin. And, you know, isn't this really funny? I mean, look at these ghostly lights. And I
1: goofed you good. You,
0: you got so scared. <laughs> Greg, again, he's almost furious about it. Like, he's about to fucking deck jam over this. He's like, this isn't funny. <sighs> yeah,
1: again, I think he's supposed to be really scared this entire time. And so that's just... Angered him because it, he was frightened and it wasn't real, and now he's just pissed that he even had to deal with it. Yeah, and
0: Jam's like, "Chill, like ghosts aren't real. It's all cool." And while they're they're doing this, all of a sudden they see these headlights coming from the road that they were supposed to be watching, and this fog is rolling in.
1: Dee Dee's like, "Hey, uh, guys."
0: <laughs> yeah, and they all turn and they look at this car, and Jam's like, and I thought I thought this was hilarious. He's like, "It must be the caretaker. Let's jam." <laughs> <laughs> like damn it jam you ham Didi's like no i don't think that's what it is and this car is slowly driving closer and closer and her voice starts getting a lot more distant and kind of breathy
1: yeah almost breathless specifically yeah. she she doesn't sound herself
0: yeah she sounds kind of in a trance and then this beautiful like i was drooling a little bit beautiful pink cadillac drives up and there's this handsome young man in a white tux?
1: Mm-hmm. A white sports coat and a pink...
0: Cadillac.
1: <laughs> and Cadillac. <laughs> they went the whole nine yard on that.
0: The boys are aghast and Dee Dee is walking towards this car and you hear this music coming from it and it's in the still of the night.
2: Listen. Greg, I swear I don't know who it is.
1: It's all Chevy.
0: starts singing along with it and she starts pulling her hair down.
1: And she turns and exits the immediate view of the screen to have a magical girl transformation <laughs> into Judy Larson in her prom dress.
0: Yep, <laughs> and she's spinning around and she's wearing this beautiful blue formal and She's
1: got her shawl wrapped around yeah. her so it gets the extra trail and twists. It it is really pretty. Yeah.
0: And at this point all the boys' jaws have dropped. <laughs> and they're like Oh, my God. <laughs> Dee Dee, you know, looks at them and she's like, it looks like my ride's here. And she explains, she says, Dee Dee is my nickname. My real name is Judy Larson. And I couldn't leave the graveyard um, without somebody taking me with them. And I didn't know that Ricky hadn't gotten my message. And thank you. So now he knew to finally come pick me up.
1: <laughs> and Ricky, well, being a handsome devil... <laughs> is the creepiest guy in this whole show. He says
0: nothing.
1: He does. And he's staring at you under his eyebrows with this this hate face and, like, <laughs> the entire time. He's really a great... It's great.
0: Yeah. Um, and so Judy walks around the Cadillac, and she gets in and sits next to him.
1: And he turns to the boys who were sitting there going, Wait, what? And yeah. I liked her, and what the hell is going on? And gives them this slow slide across his <laughs> chest, thumbs up.
0: It was very Terminator-esque. Like. <laughs>
1: A mix between Terminator and Marty McFly.
0: A little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, and he puts his arm around Judy and she just says, thank you and they you know start driving off and the boys again they're just fucking speechless and they just, their heads follow the car as it drives past them
1: and the cousin lifts his hand up and just waves it just waves.
0: <laughs> it's really cute i okay. don't know if, if that was scripted or if it just happened but it was a really cute touch and they watch as the car drives down the road towards the cemetery gates and then it just drives right through Ooh, it the gates Cause it was a ghost car. Oh. <laughs> That's pretty much where the episode ended. Because then you go back to the Midnight Society, and Christian just says the end, and Gary's like, "Well, guess I call this meeting of the Midnight Society now closed, and puts out the fire." Like,
1: <laughs> good luck sleeping. Bye.
0: Yeah, there was no like teaser or tag or any like.
1: I like that closure. though because I think this. The point of that was that this episode stood well enough on its own. It didn't require much influence or effect from the Midnight Society. Yeah. That being said, this episode is a horrible way to teach life lessons to other people. <laughs> a little bit. Don't, don't walk around with the first two people who grab you in a graveyard and <laughs> hang out with them all day. <laughs> I mean, unless you're dead. But if you don't want to be dead, just don't do it.
0: Yeah. This is one of my all-time favorite episodes, so I'm giving this definitely a 10- not necessarily for spooky rating, because, you know, this is one of those, like, who was phone things. <laughs> you know, the creepypasta? No. Oh, God. It's a meme.
1: Okay, guys. That's your, your mystery question. Who was phone? <laughs>
0: who was phone? <laughs> okay. Let me explain who was phone.
1: No, let's not. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> Just know who was phone. Go look it up. Um, I'll put it in the show notes. But yeah. I, I love this episode. It's It's beautiful. It's actually really well written um compared to a lot of other episodes
1: yeah especially with the time frame they did a great job on condensing a lot of information and putting fun things like judy's or Dee's commentary uh, throughout the episode these little like what do you mean and how she gets excited about stuff as they find it out yeah uh or, i'm not hungry or i've never seen this before these little s- slips these little yeah. hints that she's She's Judy.
0: It's also in her, like, facial expressions and stuff. Because I've seen this episode so many times. I was paying attention to her more mm-hmm. than the boys. And, like, when they reveal that, you know, her name was Judy Larson, she kind of, like, looks down and away. Like, in the boat when she wasn't scared. Yeah. Because she wanted to talk to Ricky. She yeah. really did. Or, you know, when she says, keen, like, didn't even think about it.
1: Yeah. It's those little very well-directed uh, yeah. Hints and choices were fantastic.
0: Yeah. Now, there were some really messed up things in this. Like, the whole part where Jam is actually telling the story of the prom queen. He's kind of irreverent about it, you know, the way teenagers are. And he talks about, you know, how, you know, boom, the prom queen got hit and she died. You know, poor Judy jumps.
1: Because he's scaring her with it.
0: Yeah, and it's like, dude, you're talking about how she died and she's right there. Not that he knows that, but it's like... You're making her relive her death, you asshole.
1: (laughs) That can be something that haunts him later. Uh,
0: Maybe, once he realizes it. And then, you know, him setting up the prank, which is also really irreverent. Yeah. Or when they actually find out about Ricky's death, he's like, ooh, awesome, two gruesome deaths. And poor Judy is probably just sitting there like, oh my god. I want to slap him, but I can't, because then that'll give me away. (laughs)
1: Like. Yeah, there's... There was a lot of really good stuff about this episode on how they directed, again, how the acting in between was. Yeah. As much as it's overacted on very several spots, because they're doing it to kids and it needs to be, yeah. um, <clears throat> smashingly good choices on some of these.
0: Yeah. The kids are, are really good actors. I didn't really care for Greg.
1: No. Greg is a puppy.
0: <laughs> but Judy was great. And the kid that plays Jam is great. Even the cousin was great. The librarian was great. <laughs>
1: The librarian was the best librarian I've ever seen. <laughs> She's probably horrible at her job, but she was the best librarian I've ever seen.
0: Also, the scenes in this, like the sets were a lot nicer than normal. Like, you know, the cemetery. Even the cute little like smoothie wagon scene. They had a nice little cafe set up, which was really nice.
1: Yeah. you. I think a good point on that is that they're actually getting money now for this. Maybe. And you can tell in some of their sets. Yeah. Uh, just the, the clothing and the like, the car and how they were able to actually get some of these props in, even the fog machine, as silly as yeah. that is, um, definitely shows that they were using their budget more effectively to really set the atmosphere.
0: So definitely one of my favorite episodes.
1: Yeah, I'd give this a really high rank. Um, this this did really well. But yeah, don't don't grab the first two guys who, you know, spoop you in, a... <laughs> in the graveyard to
0: help you. They might be assholes.
1: Especially if they talk like Vincent Price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: okay and with that being said let's move on to our recommended screaming for this episode's recommended screaming i am going to recommend two things jody isn't going to <laughs> he might help with the singing when the song comes up but first thing i want to recommend is uh susie q which is a disney channel movie from 1996 that stars amy joe johnson that's
1: Kimberly from Power Rangers for the rest of you.
0: Yeah, the Pink Ranger. And she is super cute in it. I honestly don't remember the movie that well, but it is almost a dead-on premise for Prom Queen. Amy's character is Susie Q, who is this teenager in the 1950s. Her boy, Her and her boyfriend, Johnny Angel, are going to... The winter formal, their car gets stuck on a bridge and some drunk drivers hit them. Their car falls off the bridge and unfortunately they die. She winds up haunting her own house. Yep. And a boy moves in and she's able to talk to him and, you know, adventures ensue because she needs some closure for some things and the boy winds up helping her do that.
1: Yeah, she's trying to find out what happened to why her parents lost the house in the first place.
0: So it, it's very cute. In the show notes, there's a link to the full movie on YouTube, which is apparently free. So check it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the second thing I'm going to recommend is one of my favorite songs, which a lot of people actually <laughs> hate. <laughs> Maybe because it was overplayed, because it was in the late 90s, early 2000s, when it was being played all the time. So it's Pearl Jam's Last Kiss, but what a lot of people know it as is Where, Oh Where Can My Baby Be. Yeah, it's one of my favorite songs because it's one of those typical 50s songs and i used to listen to a lot of like the doo-wop sort of stuff so yeah give that a listen i have a link to that in the show notes as well
1: and it's such a good song to sing because the worse you sing it it's still (laughs) the better it sounds yeah just try it go as hard as you can the wrong direction
0: (laughs) and if it's still not ringing a bell i guess we'll sing a little bit of it for you oh or jody will oh
1: Okay, kids, so here's your practice run. Where, oh, where can my baby be?
0: The Lord took her away from me. She's, She's gone, gone to heaven, heaven, so I've got, got to, to be good. good. So I, I can see, see my baby, baby when I leave this world. world. Too,
1: too, 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 yeah. huh. <laughs> See? Sounded fabulous. I bet standing ovations from everyone right now. Okay, maybe don't do it quite as bad as we were, but but do go listen to the song.
0: We are not vocalists (laughs) at all.
1: I just make words come out of my mouth. (laughs) Hopefully that's good.
0: All right, so that's it for this week's episode. I now declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Sparkle test. Feel free to email us at areyouafanofthedark at hotmail.com. Are you a fan of the dark is all one word. You can also visit us at areyouafanofthedarkpod on Facebook. And we also have our Midnight Society Fan Club where you can submit your own memories or even just comments about Are You Afraid of the Dark? And you can visit our show notes at midnightsocietyfan.club.